This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Meow Mix Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And on this episode, we will be giving out grades to Carolina Panthers. We're going to talk about some unfortunate news in Panthers land. We'll go around the NFL, and we will do our game preview, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Carolina Panthers. Um, Let's start off on a bit of a sad note. Very sad. We've got a couple of players, one important player, that are heading to IR. Yeah. Uh, KK Short was placed on IR. Um, He's going to go ahead and have shoulder surgery on a torn rotator cuff uh, out for the year. Um, He tried to rehab it past two games. I guess that wasn't taking at all, so they went ahead and placed him on IR. Said that, you know, make sure he's ready for next year. Yeah, Chris Hogan, uh, wide receiver, also headed to IR. Um, but obviously the most important news here is the KK Short heading to IR. That is a, that's a Pro Bowl player, and that's unfortunate. Uh, however, it's not all terrible news. We have been without him for the last two games, mm-hmm. and this is the best the defense has looked all season. It really I- has. I'm not saying that it's because he's been out. I think a lot of things have factored in. But without KK, maybe the defense is a little faster. Maybe they have to get a little more creative. And it's been working. Yeah, it really has. They've looked really good. Uh, Gerald McCoy signing now really pays off because there's some room for him to get in there a little bit more than the you know, 60% that it was the first couple games. Exactly. That that becomes a massive signing. Um, of course, Kyle Love will also get more love uh, from the coaching staff in terms of playing time. Vernon Butler, yeah. uh, your favorite player, is going to be out there a lot more. Well, going back to Kyle Love, he actually was PFF's highest-rated defensive uh, lineman for us last week, too. He's been really playing well. It's one of those guys you don't hear his name, but he's playing well. It, it's similar to O-Lineman, the way he plays. Yeah, a lot of times, up blockers. A lot of times you get these guys that are behind established starters that maybe have a ton of talent and just don't get the time. I feel like Kyle Love could be one of those guys. I'm hoping Vernon Butler is one of those guys. I know he's, he's had the time before, but... From what I've been reading, he's done a lot of work in this offseason to shed some weight. He's worked on his technique. He had a very big play for us last week where he caused a fumble that uh, kind of allowed us to go down the field and put the game away. So um, not all doom and gloom. No, it's not. Uh, Did you mention F.I. Obata? Because I noticed he kind of plays that, you know, left end, right end as well. And he... Another guy that looks pretty good when he's out there. Yeah, I, I did not mention him, but that's that's another good point. And we'll get into this a little bit later, but that's one of the positives about this defense is we have a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend that losing KK Short is a good thing for the Panthers or is going to improve the defense. But it's going to give the coaching staff some different challenges, and may maybe they'll rise to the occasion in terms of having some different schemes that maybe they wouldn't otherwise have because they're relying on KK's talent. Mm-hmm. At least that's what we can hope. Yeah. And uh, when they uh, put KK short on IR, they went ahead and signed Brian Cox Jr. as well to the active roster from the practice squad. Uh, he's most fom- famously known for getting caught speeding, leaving uh, training <laughs> camp this year, and caught with marijuana. Yes, he is also Brian Cox Sr.'s son. I would have never guessed. <laughs> um, yeah, Brian Cox had a couple of moments in preseason, but I think we were 
we were both pretty adamant that he needed to be on the practice squad. He needed a little more seasoning. Yeah, he's not bad. He's just not that great either. And, well, I mean, now he gets his chance. Yeah, it's a depth move. Um, Hopefully he won't have a lot of playing time. If he does, then I think that means someone else has gone down and we're in even more trouble. But um, I also mentioned Chris Hogan. This is not too big of a loss for us. He, I think he's caught three passes this season so far. He just hasn't really had an impact. Jarius Wright has really taken over that spot, I think, that Hogan was signed to compete for. It is unfortunate that we lose that depth, but... Well, he does have the designation to return. Okay. So he's ta- he's getting the arthroscopic knee surgery, and then he has a designated to return after, I think it's eight games. Okay. That he can return. So it also makes me think... They haven't filled this spot yet as the time of this recording. Do you think this is where Terry Godwin gets a call up? He is still out there, isn't he? Yeah, he's still out there. He can return kicks better than Ray Ray McLeod. I don't know. Just it out there. I heard Rivera talking the other day in one of his press conferences. I think it was Monday. And he was pretty high on Ray Ray McLeod. So I don't think you're going to get your wish in terms of him being replaced. (laughs) But, um... I don't know. It'll be interesting. You you figure that that they will go out and sign another wide receiver. I don't know if they'll pull one from the practice squad. I think we only had one on the practice squad. Um. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Is there anybody out there? I mean, we've talked about a couple of receivers that were, you know, free agents mm-hmm. that maybe could come in and do something. Martavius Bryant being one of them. Um, but. Do you think they could make a trade? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's rumors that Stefan Diggs is available, but I don't see room. He's a top tier receiver. I don't see us bringing in a top tier receiver for Chris Hogan. Right. Right. I don't know. You know, there's there's guys out there that are on the fringe of the of, you know, not a lot of playing time that you could give up a six round pick to get or, mm-hmm. you know, um, play the waiver wire game. So. We'll see. This this is a developing story. This this news just broke a couple hours ago, so I don't even know if they've had they've had time to think about what they're gonna do. Yeah, it was kind of out of the out of nowhere really. I didn't even hear much about his knee. He played last week and then all of a sudden IR. I wonder if it's something that's been lingering for him and maybe that's why he hasn't performed very well in the games. Yeah, and he's had Injury concerns for a long time. That's true. Yep. Up in Buffalo and in, in New England. All right. Well, huh? that, that's that news, unfortunately. Um, huh? Luckily, let's... though, dropping Chris Hogan is not going to re- drop the wide receiver grades. That is true, Jerry. Uh, speaking of which, we are going to do some report cards for the first quarter of the season. We've got several different position groups, plus the coach and the GM. Let's go ahead and start with quarterback, Jerry. Why don't you take it away? Uh, quarterback. Uh, I'm going to give this one an incomplete. No, I'm joking. That's not fair. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a C plus. Now, this is kind of double-edged because we have had two quarterbacks for two games, so I'm kind of marrying the two scores here. I gave Cam originally a D. I know he's injured, but the way he was playing, I gave him a D Yeah. for his two games. Kyle Allen... He's getting a B-plus from me. Uh, this graded on a curve mostly because I thought he was going to wreck our season when he came in. But he's looked really good being accurate and everything. He would be an A, but his fumbling issues are just way too big of an issue to not grade him down on that. So overall, C-plus for the group. Okay. I was similar. I had a B-minus, a little higher on on mine i think i gave cam a little bit of the benefit of the doubt from his injury um and i think i have kyle allen right around where you had him but i think overall the quarterback group has been okay even cam was bad in that second game but he wasn't terrible in the first game Mm -hmm. he of course it wasn't cam normal cam but he wasn't awful he was average yeah. So, yeah, I got them at a B minus, and I think without the fumbling problems, like you mentioned, they'd be higher. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, B minus for me. 
Okay, the next group we're going to go over, we kind of married them together because eh, that's what we wanted to do, and this is us. Uh, Wide receiver and tight end. What do you have there? I got a B- for them as well. Um, I've been a little disappointed with the wide receivers specifically. I don't... I haven't seen the big plays, and a lot of that's from the quarterbacks. But you know, Curtis Samuel, we were we were sold a bill of goods in the preseason that even though we didn't see it in games in practice, apparently he's blowing everybody out of the water. Mm-hmm. And this has not been shown in games. He's had a couple of nice catches, but he's not been the dominant force that we were led to believe he was going to be. Sort of the same thing with DJ Moore. His first two games, he caught a lot of passes, <clears throat> but he has not done a ton with um, Kyle Allen at quarterback. He did have that one slant, you know, that he took all the way to the house. But other than that, not a lot. Um, I do think Jarius Wright's been very good for his position, and I think Greg Olson has been great for his age. He had a bad week last week, but overall, he's Looked very good and solid and Greg Olson-like. So I've got a B-minus. Yeah, I actually have a B-minus too. Uh, I wrote the very similar things. I said that this is a tough group to grade, uh, especially with the kind of conundrum with the quarterbacks. Uh, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore have shown glimpses, but they haven't been consistent enough. I know Curtis Samuel, they've graded out. Like PFF is showing that he is getting open a lot, but the receiver or uh, quarterbacks aren't getting him the ball. But that's just not good enough. Even though he is getting open, either something has to change there. But either way, B minus. Greg Olson, same thing. He looks healthy. Yeah. So excited about that. Um, let's move to the Christian McCaffrey category. Okay. This is uh, supposed to be running backs, but it's the Christian McCaffrey category because we don't have multiple running backs. We have Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I mean, Boy, is there any you- question with this grade? <clears throat> is there anything higher than an A plus? No, because that's what I have him as as well. I mean, yeah, uh, he's leading the league in rushing. He's by far leading the league in yards from scrimmage. He is a tank. He mm-hmm. is just continuing to go out there. Maybe a little too much. Yeah, uh, he is the straw that is stirring the drink of the Carolina Panthers' offense. I mean, can you imagine the team without him? Oh. I feel like it would be that year that we trotted out Jimmy Clausen and we were averaging like 200 yards a game. Oh, that was such an awful game or yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. McCaffrey, A+. Plus. A+. Plus. Uh, moving on. Uh, instead of going defensive line and linebackers, the way this season has gone, we're going to do just a front seven because they're so interchangeable like what we said earlier when KK Short's injury uh, I went ahead and gave him a B plus. Uh, pass rush has been outstanding, but the run defense is ranked 24th in the league. So, giving up 130 yards per game—that's not good. I know the passing defense is number one, and they've got to get yards somehow. But you've got to stop those 40, 50 yard runs that they're getting. Luke, Shaq, you've been great in pass coverage. So, B plus. <laughs> Folks, we did not sit beside each other while we were writing this. I also <laughs> gave the front seven a B plus for the exact same reason. I've got the exact same stats written down. Uh, you know, number one in the league by far in pass defense, low down on the list in run defense. And you can tell when you watch the game, mm-hmm. teams are gashing us. And we've got Leonard Fournette coming up this week and he's coming off a 200 plus yard game. I'm, I'm nervous about what this is going to do. But um, yeah, I got a B plus for them. I think, like you said, Luke and Shaq, if this was, if we were grading linebackers only, they'd be an A. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they probably pull this grade up a bit. But the last two weeks, you know, with 16 sacks, this if they continue that, this grade will go up. Oh, most definitely. Um, let's go to the other side of the line, the offensive line. This one, uh, <clears throat> I've got a C plus for the offensive a C+. line. C plus, the number one pass defense in the league. You gave a C plus. The offensive line. 
Oh, I apologize. I thought we went to secondary. No, no, no. Uh, no, because I wanted to stick to the lines. So, offensive line. Mm-hmm. C plus. Um, they've been okay. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of shuffling around. Mm-hmm. And I give them a little bit of a pass for that. There's been some injuries. Um, but they are getting up a lot of pressure. They nearly gave up a game losing sack last week to JJ mm-hmm. Watt. That was only escaped by Kyle Allen's brilliance. Ole! Right. Um, obviously, the run blocking's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. How much of that is on Christian McCaffrey's talent versus the offensive line is up for debate. You can decide that for yourself. But um, yes, overall, I've given them a C plus, and I hope that they can get better with some more consistency. And time. I was very similar, but I gave them a C minus. They're giving up way too much pressure to opposing defenses. Uh, this is a passing league. I know Christian McCaffrey is leading the league in rushing. I think that's more Christian McCaffrey than this line. They need to step it up. I was really hoping Greg Little can really help solidify it and then sliding Daryl Williams in at guard. But later on, you'll hear what we're going <clears throat> through with Greg Little. So overall, C minus. They just need to get better. They need to play together, get better, and protect Kyle Allen or Cam Newton, whoever's back there. Agreed. Um, all right, let's move on to the secondary. What do you have for them? A plus. They are giving up the least amount of passing yards to any any quarterback in the league. I mean, one hundred and fifty. Yeah, 156 yards per game in the air. The second lowest is 181. That's crazy. There have been some slight mishaps. Last week, we had two big plays that luckily just were Aaron throws or pressure got to Deshaun Watson. But for the most part, they're holding their own. Dante Jackson needs to learn how to wrap up tackling. So maybe I should have given them A instead of A+, because I do have some negatives on them. But for the most part, they're exceeding my expectations of what they could have done this year. Yeah, uh, I agree. They are exceeding expectations for sure. I gave them an A minus, uh, mainly for the reasons that you've listed. Uh, there have been some big plays. I can specifically think of three that should have either been touchdowns or very long plays that really would have put us in a bad spot. Um, Dante Jackson has led a few things go by him uh, and we've kind of gotten lucky um, and you can uh, thank the defensive line front seven mm-hmm. for putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. That's also helping this pass defense for sure. Um, but James Bradbury has been a revelation. Mm-hmm. Dante Jackson can make some big plays and has made big plays. And then Ross Cockrell coming in last week just looked great. Yeah, uh, the and, defense didn't drop off at all. And he's been covering slot guys too. So it's not just last week that he's been playing good. Well, I guess yeah, he's but he had to take over kind of the starting cornerback spot last week and played very well. So I think we've got depth at that position and yeah, A minus for me is not a slight at all. Uh, I just think if they can clean up some of those big play potential that they're giving up, then this could easily be a historic pass defense. All right, now let's move on to the hot seat coaching. I gave uh, the coaching B. Ron Rivera has coached this defense into a stellar defense. I don't believe it's the defensive coordinator. I believe it's Ron Rivera. He's doing the play calling. He looks very good. He still has some time management mistakes, and letting Cam play the first two games, even though he wasn't right, is really kind of what's dragging this grade down. But for the most part, he's doing a great job. Uh, Norv Turner, I think he's game-planned a great game twice for Kyle Allen. That you're not putting it on his shoulders to win the game. He is not giving him a game to mess up. You know, he's letting him win the game as it comes to him. This was a tough one for me to grade. And I ended up going with a C Mm -hmm. for Coach. And my the biggest part of that for me was how Rivera has been dealing with 
Cam's injury. Mm -hmm. The fact that Cam should not have been out there the first game, for sure. Mm -hmm. Probably should not have been out there the second game where he re-aggravated that injury. But the second game, he looked even worse than the first game, even before he aggravated that injury. So I gave him a C. I think Norv is a B. I think Ron Rivera, the defensive coordinator, is an A. But Ron Rivera, the head coach, is an F. And it wouldn't uh, surprise me if it cost him his job. Well, we will see. Um, you want to do another group here. Uh, front office, uh, Marty Herney. Yeah. Uh, I hate doing this because I have ragged on Marty Herney for so many years. Well, so many years. Then he got fired. So I was, you know, dancing <laughs> in the street. Then we hired him back and I was back harassing him. Giving him an A for this offseason, man. The, it looks like Greg Little's going to be good. It looks like Brian Burns going to be a revelation. Like, he's money. Spider Burns is going to have a double-digit sacks in his rookie year. I have that feeling. He's going to compete for that defensive rookie of the year. He's currently ranked the highest PFF grade defensive player, rookie player. So, yeah. Yeah, I went A+. I think the offseason moves that were made to improve this team where it was lacking were perfect. Mm -hmm. But the thing that really get, made me give this an A+, was finding a diamond in the rough. This undrafted angel of a man, Joey Sly. Ah, see, you messed up. I was going to surprise you. I was going to give an extra group here for our grading oh. scale to I'm kicker. Sorry. So what would you like to give him? Um, just, you know, the world, really. <laughs> I, think, I think Joey, and I'm going to call him Joey, has just been, you know, I've got stars in my eyes. The guy is per he's 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 everything I wanted Harrison Butker to be. And Harrison Butker, of course, we let go. Uh, put him on the practice squad. He immediately got signed away because he was a very good kicker. But Joey Sly is even better, and he's just he's accurate. He has a leg. Every kickoff goes into the end zone. I wish that we could maybe try him at quarterback. I think he'd probably be pretty good. Um. <laughs> all right, all right. So basically an A+. Plus. Uh, all right, we're yeah. going to calm you down here. Hose Someone, me off. Uh, we're going to have to ask Brandy to throw some cold water on Steven over there. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that was the report cards for the quarterway of the season. Overall, pretty good grades here at 2-2. Two and two. But now we got some Meow Mix news. Meow Mix, we have merchandise now on BigHeadsMedia.com. T-shirts for $15 and hoodies for $35. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com, search the shop Meow Mix, and you can find our new logo, T-shirts, and hoodies there. Now let's actually move on to NFL news. Uh, start off, unfortunately, on some bad news. Uh, Cardinals owner Bill Bidwell passed away at age 88 today. Uh, our condolences to family and friends. That's never great to hear. Yeah, he seemed like he lived a full life, born in 1931, so he's seen a lot. Yeah, unfortunately not a championship. That's mean to say. Very, I Well, I was being honest. That's, very inconsiderate. That's, that's got to be... I mean, he was the owner of the team for so long. Like, you would assume he would want to see a Super Bowl. Well, he came close. He, he, he got to see, you know, arguably one of the top two greatest wide receivers of all time. Yeah. And he also, I mean, he got to see the NFL really become a giant. Yeah. I mean. He wow. bought the team in 1962. Well, our condolences again go out to his family and friends. Uh, moving on, Vontez Perfect 
has been suspended for the rest of the season following his helmet-to-helmet hit on Jake Doyle last week in the game against the Col- Raiders and Colts. Uh, I have no issue with this. I personally feel he should be suspended indefinitely and never get a chance to play again. I agree. This is long overdue. This guy has been a menace and a problem since he was in Cincinnati. As a headhunter, he's got a mm-hmm. terrible reputation, and there's just no need for that in the league anymore, especially when you know everything you know about CTE mm-hmm. and these long-term effects that these guys have from their brain injuries. It's just there's no place in the league for a guy like this. I I like hard hits, but I like hard legal hits. And he, like you said, is a headhunter. He leads with his helmet to go after other players' helmets. You're right. There's no place in this league for that anymore. Uh, as a Panther fan, I remember the game where he got flagged twice, once for twisting Cam Newton's ankle in a pile, mm-hmm. and another one was with twisting Greg Olson's foot. Uh, he got suspended for that game. I think that I heard somewhere today he's been suspended like 13 times for this. <sighs> he he just needs to go. We that, need like a, a three strikes law in the NFL. Especially <laughs> for something this. Something like that. Yeah. They talk about player safety. Getting this guy off the field permanently is a way to get that. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on, Adam Thielen called out Vikings quarterback. Well, technically not calling him out directly. He said, you have to throw the ball down the field. He called out everything but Kirk Cousins' name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they have a great running back in Dalvin Cook, and they're running the ball really well, but last week, Someone stopped, you know, the running game, and obviously, Thielen was not feeling Kirk Cousins' passing style. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, they've got two extremely dynamic wide receivers there, and it's a shame that they've got a bum like Kirk Cousins to pass him the ball. This guy has been an overrated mess since he started for the Redskins many years ago. Got a massive contract fully guaranteed contract with the Vikings. And he's exactly what a lot of people thought he was. He is an average quarterback. It's very rare that the Washington Redskins actually do something right. And they did something right with Kirk Cousins by getting rid of him and not paying him all that money. That being said, he'd be the best quarterback on the Redskins right now. (laughs) As bad as he is. I think Joey Sly would be the best quarterback on the Redskins team right now. Joey Sly could start for 27 teams in this league. <laughs> and speaking of another team that needs a starting quarterback, the Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen is currently in concussion protocol after a helmet to helmet hit by Patriots cornerback Jonathan Jones. The dirty Patriots do it again. Yeah, they weren't happy about this hit on Josh Allen. I uh, don't think he's going to be able to make it this week. We'll see about next week. Uh, and you got to get past the concussion protocol, get independent studies and everything. So don't see it. You're going to soon see, a, you know, a little thread of helmet to helmet hits now. All of a sudden it noticed. Yeah. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky uh, dislocated his non-throwing shoulder and is slightly, slightly tore his labrum during the Bears games. Uh, but it won't require surgery. So, not sure when he's going to be back. Yeah, this sounds like a f- it's going to be a few weeks probably, but that passing game looked really good in their last game, the game he got hurt. He was only in there for a couple of plays, and who's it, Chase Daniel? Yeah, Chase Daniel. Chase Daniel came in and just played very game-manager-like football. Trubisky hasn't really been able to do that so far this year. So, I think, I, I again, you hate to say when one of your star quote unquote star players goes out that the team can get better. But in this case, that might be true. Yeah. I wouldn't be that shocked if Chase Daniel, who's a 10 year veteran. I mean, he hasn't Mm -hmm. been able to really start anywhere, but he's stuck around for a reason. If he can get this offense clicking, I could see him starting the remainder out. That defense is so good that as long as they have a competent offense, I think they can go far. It's a very similar um, situation that we have, right? We have a very, very good defense, and we just need a quarterback that can get our playmakers the ball. Mm -hmm. And that's all they need because their defense is arguably even better than ours. I don't think their offense is better than ours, 
Mm-mm. But that defense is so good that I mean, they're average. What are they giving up? Like eleven points a game so far. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I saw a graphic where it compared the nineteen eighty five Bears team to this two thousand nineteen Bears team, and it was a stark difference about how much or how better this two thousand nineteen team was this far into the season. It seems like every time the Bears are good, that's the problem. That the defense right. is stellar, but the offense is just. And can they hold it together? Can their yeah. quarterback be halfway decent? It well, reminds me of Rex Grossman. Right. And it's it's it'll be interesting to see what they do with Trubisky because this regime that's in there now in terms of coaching was not who traded all those picks to get Trubisky. So it'll be interesting to see if they stick with Daniel even when Trubisky's healthy. One more thing that has come out, uh, Patriots kicker Steven Gostowski is being placed on season-ending IR. Oh. So they are currently looking for a new kicker, and that's a big deal because they have been among the best kicking teams since their run started. You know, Vinatieri for so many years, and then it just transferred right over to Gostowski, who was one of the best kickers in the league for a long time. Losing him is a big blow. They're currently looking at, like, Kai Forbath, guys like that. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how that team changes without that steady presence at field goal kicker. We know, we, I mean, we know we've seen, you know, with Tampa Bay, with Chicago, how a bad kicking situation can really derail a team. Yeah, uh, I had not heard that until just now. I I agree that can actually swing a game or two. In the opposing ways, like you said, with the Tampa Bay Bucks losing to the Giants last week. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it will be interesting. Well, that wraps up the NFL news. We'll take a short break and be right back with the Jaguars at Panthers game preview. All right, everybody on the train, all aboard. You snooze, you lose. Buy my loot boxes. Not you. Get off the train. Don't let him on. Oh, okay. All right, listen here, Greenhorn. I'm going to teach you everything you need to know about how to conduct a podcast. First thing you need to know is never stay on topic ever. Uh, sir. What do you want? Uh, people are complaining about the Venom movie still. I don't care. Feed them Justice League or something. Get them off my back. Copy. Sir, it says in the book that you need to stay on topic as a podcast. Screw the book, Greenhorn. The book was written by dinosaurs. Second thing you need to know is never report news that's not at least two or three weeks old. Uh, sir? What do you want? People are complaining about the Pokemon Go update. I don't care! Just gag them or something! Shut them up! On it. Uh, sir? What do you want, Greenhorn? I think the train might be going off the rails. That's exactly how we run this show. This is the Crazy Train of Thought podcast, brought to you by the Idiot Savants. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. www.crazytrainofthought.com And we are back. All right, let's jump into the game preview. Jacksonville Jaguars at the Carolina Panthers. Both teams at 2-2. Two and two, Both teams coming off wins. Something's going to break here. I, I think we're actually both on two-game winning streaks. So somebody's going to get their streak broken. Um, let's go ahead and start out with the injury report. It's a long one, unfortunately. Yeah, this is scary. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to list the, the names of the players that did not practice today. Okay. Brian Burns. Mm. Chris Hogan, we know why. He's out. Uh, Dante Jackson. Mm-hmm. Greg Little. Mm-hmm. Chris Manhurts. Mm-hmm. Eric Reed. Mm-hmm. Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey. Curtis Samuel. Now, McCaffrey and Samuel were listed as having rest, so no no need to worry about those guys. Um, obviously, Chris Hogan's on IR. Greg Little is in concussion protocol again, and this is a bad news. That's very bad news. Our O-line was already struggling, but when we placed him in there, it started looking better. And now with him back out, what do we do? Uh, if Trey Turner and Greg Little's out, like, they're, we're stuck in a rock in a hard place. Yeah, uh, I guess we hope that maybe Trey Turner comes back this week. I wouldn't count on it. It's possible that Greg Little doesn't miss this game if he's just experiencing some symptoms. But 
usually when a player is out and in concussion protocol and it starts the week of that practice, they're not going to play in the game. Yeah. That's typical. Um, So, yeah, I mean, of course, we've got daily that we could throw in there if we had to. Um, uh, uh, Daryl Williams could move back over to the left side. There's options, but none of them are good. Yeah. Um, Bruce Irvin also was limited in practice, but I think that's probably more of a precautionary thing. It's the same injury that he was sidelined with the first three weeks. I have a feeling he'll play. And then Marquise Hayne, Gerald McCoy, and Shaq Thompson were all listed on the injury report, but they were all full practice, so wouldn't wouldn't worry about them. I don't. I don't worry about Spider Burns. He has a wrist injury. They'll tape that up and have him play if need be, I would assume. And Eric Reed has an ankle injury, but I think he was out there at the end of the game, so I imagine he'll probably play too. But it's one of those things where you just want to give the guy at rest, try to help it get 100%. Yeah. Um, Dante Jackson, he talked to the media today, said he didn't know if he was going to play or not. That's probably an indicator that they're leaning towards not playing him if, if he he said he feels pretty good but if he's not sure that he's going to be ready to play then i think we could probably count on him not playing again he didn't play last week and that secondary looked pretty good so i don't know but yeah. um well yeah. he has a groin injury and since he's really banking on his speed and athleticism to play cornerback, I could see where they don't want to play him if he's on 100% with his legs and athleticism just because that is a key part of his game. He's not a fundamental corner out there. Particularly with how well Cockrell played in his place last week. I think that gives him a little bit of um, mm-hmm. leeway to play more cautiously maybe than they otherwise would. Yep. Now on the Jacksonville team, uh, there was a Name that kind of snuck in, but it looks like he practiced. Gardner Minshew, their starting quarterback, has a knee injury. Um, He's technically questionable. DJ Alexander, linebacker, has a hamstring injury. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, cornerback, big playmaker, has a back injury, as Mm -hmm. I use quotes. He's going to play. Don't don't question that. He this is about his trade, not about being hurt. Maybe he'll Uh, get traded. Oh, that would be awesome. Be Sorry. Nice. <laughs> uh, Josh Oliver, tight end, has a hamstring in- injury. Ronnie Harrison, defensive back, knee injury. And James, oh, I'm going to butcher this name. O'Shaganessy. I'm going to make O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy, there we go, uh, is out with an undisclosed, undisclosed injury. Uh, for the most part, Ramsey would be and Minshew would be big, but I think both of those are pretty solid in playing. Yeah. Um, not a lot of guys on there that I know their names other than those two. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, our injury report seems like a starting uh, lineup. Starting lineup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, hey, you mentioned Minshew. Minshew Mania is coming to Charlotte. Yep, the battle of the backups, even though I don't think Minshew's ever going to give his starting out job up this year. Yeah, of the two, I think that's probably pretty safe. Um, he's playing, I, you know, I, I've never been a big fan of Nick Foles. I think he's had huge moments. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he did win a Super Bowl and won an MVP for that Super Bowl. You can't knock the guy, but he's he's had chances to be a starter before. And it's not worked out. No. I think Jacksonville lucked into a franchise quarterback in the sixth round this year. I think they really lucked into it. I mean, I'm just going to read off some of his stats real quick. He is completing 69.4% of his completion or passes. He has seven touchdowns, one interception, 905 yards. He's averaging 226 yards per game. I mean, that's good. Has a quarterback rating of 106.9. Which means the NFL, I believe. Yeah, this kid's been lighting it up. And he has 12 rushes for 82 yards. So this is, what, three games? This isn't that much, but he's looking really good. Uh, Yeah. um, And they they probably should be 3-0. One of their games, the game that they lost, uh, 3-0 with him as a starter. 
Um, the game they lost, apparently there was a touchdown. Yeah, against Houston. Yeah, right that, before that we probably played them. should have been called a touchdown was not called a touchdown under review, and uh, just because the no no it was a touchdown and they went for two instead of kicking the extra point. The extra point would have tied them. Oh, gotcha. They went for two. They failed, and Houston got the onside kick like everybody does nowadays. So, yeah, um, yeah. So you know, Minshew mania. By the way, Gardner Minshew. Don't know if you know this. Went to Eastern Carolina University. I did know that mostly because I did research today. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, actually graduated from Eastern Carolina University in two years. Transferred to Washington State as a graduate and lit it up. Uh, mm-hmm. School record 11 wins, 38 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Had he gone to a bigger program, he probably would have been He probably would have been a higher pick. He No, he got an offer to go to Alabama as a graduate uh as a graduate to back up Jalen Hurts last year and to a Tagloga blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And he was gonna take that job just so he can get into coaching. But oh. then um Mike Leach, Washington head coach, came over and was like, Hey, you can start for us and then get into coaching. So he went and took that job. He went, played great, and then got drafted. And now he's a starting quarterback. Yeah. I think a lot of the knock on him now that you mentioned that I remember hearing about the Mike Leach effect, which mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of teams get scared off by Mike Leach quarterbacks because of his offensive style, just lends itself to big numbers. Mm-hmm. And he put up big numbers, but uh, yeah, he's if you haven't seen the guy, just imagine Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite, or it, really any seventies porn star. Yes, yes, <laughs> there's this is that's the guy, big mustache. Uh, big hair, you know, he's just kind of looks like a slob. <laughs> yeah, he uh, supposedly stretches in the locker room in nothing but a jock strap. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> no, now I want to move on though. He, want, oh, Panthers... he, he once wrestled, wrestled a giant fish. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Panthers podcast. We are not going to spend all day talking about Garden Minshew because we have our own backup here starting Kyle Allen. Uh, again, he w- went undrafted out of the University of Houston. Uh, he's in his second season here. Unlike Minshew, he's three wins, zero losses as a uh-huh. starter. Um, he is completing 71.7%. Uh, he's got this season. He has 493 yards this season in two games and four touchdowns, no interceptions. So that's better. We've got a, yeah, we've got a really good quarterback here too. I know Minshew's fun because he looks like a guy in his mid forties. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, if if Kyle Allen starts and wins this game, he will tie Kurt Warner as the only two backup quarterbacks to come in and start their careers four and zero. Pretty that's good awesome. company to be in. Yes, it is. Uh, realistically, this is going to be a very interesting game because both teams have pretty solid defenses. Um, we're better against the pass and they're better against the run. And it'll be interesting how this really plays out. Um, I think our keys to the game are going to be really being able to run the ball. And then I think Kyle Allen's going to have a couple pass touchdowns this game. I hope he does. Um, Jacksonville has played well they played KC in their first game lost big which a lot of people do against KC um almost beat Houston as we talked about beat Tennessee and then they beat Denver last week they haven't really played a murderer's row Mm-mm. yet uh, particularly in terms of running backs so even though they do have a better running defense they haven't seen Christian McCaffrey yet no. The number one running back in the league. Yeah. And you mentioned their running game, to how we're going to have to shut it down. Well, Leonard Fournette had 220 yards last year, or last week. He has 404 yards overall. 
So he only had like 160, 180 in three games. So it may have been an outlier game, let's hope. And hopefully we could shut him down. And I think our passing defense, especially if we could get pressure on Minshew, I think he can finally start making mistakes. We made Deshaun Watson make mistakes. Well, Kyler Murray, I'm not, you know, he made mistakes, but. It'll be interesting to see what the game plan is against Jacksonville. I would think that you might focus on shutting down the run Mm -hmm. and letting that secondary try and stop, you know, Minshew from completing passes. Um, If Leonard Fournette goes off again, it's going to be a tough sledding for the Panthers. Oh, most definitely. Because that defense is good. Mm -hmm. And if Jalen Ramsey plays, he has the ability to shut down part of the field. Yep. You could say the same thing about Josh Norman. Or, I'm sorry. Bradbury. (laughs) You could say the same thing about uh, James Bradbury. Especially this year, he's been unbelievable. And And, here's a little thing about that. If uh, James Bradbury can shut down a guy... We're going to assume it's going to be DJ Shark. He he leads the team with 19 receptions and 321 yards and three touchdowns. Their next highest receiver is D.D. Westbrook at 16 with 145 yards. And then Leonard Fournette. They're not... Oh, sorry. Chris Conley has 217 yards on only 13 receptions. I apologize, Chris Conley. <laughs> so he's just a deep threat guy. Yeah, Shark, Shark's been good this year so far. Um, he's been very solid, mm-hmm. but you're not really scared of any of these guys. No, no. I mean, there's no superstar receiver on this team. And a lot of Sharks yards came in that first game where he had a 70 yard touchdown catch. 146 of those 321 yards came in one game. So I think as long as we can limit the big plays, we're going to be. This is a game we should win. I, I agree. I yeah. think we should win it. Um, on the opposite side, we have four receivers in 200-plus yards so far this season. Right. I mean, We've granted, been Christian McCaffrey's not a receiver, but well, he is a receiver. Yeah, he is. He's he's probably our best receiver, and he's definitely <laughs> our best running back. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and that's going to be interesting to see what they do to shut him down because that's – got to be the game plan for everyone that plays the Panthers mm-hmm. is stop Christian McCaffrey. So far, nobody's been able to do it except the Bucks in week two. It'll be up, up to Kyle Allen to not allow that to happen. He's yeah. going to have to be sharp. He's going to have to hold on to the ball. Mm-hmm. Two hands on the ball. I, I, I know they've been working on that in practice. He had a, a, a press conference today where he talked about he just reiterated, got to hold on to the ball, got to hold on to the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do, because <laughs> you, your your fumbles have nearly cost us these games, and without them, we're a scary team. These last two weeks would be a lot, the scores would have been a lot more lopsided had he held, held on to the ball. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Uh, I think we run the ball and try to hit him deep occasionally. If Ramsey's out there, kind of avoid his way. I think Samuel and DJ Moore are good, but I think Jalen Ramsey is one of the top corners in the league. And look, you got someone on the other side that's not that good. I mean, that defense is good, but not not Bears defense good. No, no, they're they're and they're probably not even as good as they've been in the past. Yeah, uh, the past couple seasons. But I, I think this is going to be a good game. I'm hoping that the Panthers can come in here and get their first home win. Mm-hmm. We haven't been here in three weeks, so this will be the first time the, the home fans have gotten to see the Panthers since that ugly Thursday night loss. Mm-hmm. And the last time we heard Panthers fans in the stadium, they were booing. Yeah. They were booing Cam off the field Yeah, and the rest of the team off the field. So I'm curious to see, I assume that given the nature of NFL fans and particularly Panther fans, there's going to be a lot of support for Kyle Allen out there. Yeah, I agree. I think there's going to be a ton of support. Um, Not only that, we go on the road to London next week, and then we have a bye. I think this is a 
we should get this win and then try to go to London, get another win, and then we're sitting at four and two at a bye. Really have some good feelings. But first things first is we gotta beat Jacksonville. They're yeah. a decent team. I think they're mirror images of what we do and what we are right now. And this is the last time that we'll see this team here. I think until the end of October, maybe even early November, because we've got this game, then we go to London, then we get the bye, then we go to San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, they need to go ahead and put this stamp on home saying, hey, you know, this is our field and not keep losing here. Yeah, this is an important game. And I think if we lose this game, the next time you see the Panthers at home, Cam Newton's going to be a quarterback. If we win this game, I think the next time the Panthers are at home, Kyle Allen is still the quarterback. I honestly think it's going to come down to that. I think they will push Cam to come back if we're sitting at three and three at the bye. Mm-hmm. But if we're four and two and we've won four in a row, yeah, Cam, continue to rest that ankle yeah. or that and, foot. You know, and you never know how this offense could start clicking with Kyle Allen either. I mean, he looked really good in the first game. In the second game, he went up against a better defense. He looked good. He didn't look stellar, but he he didn't make mistakes besides holding on to the ball. So just don't look ahead. You know, don't don't look past the Jaguars. Oh, just no. because we're going to London next week. I hope that we're very focused on winning this game. I think because we're 0 2 at home right now that they are gonna be very hyped to win this game. And I think they will win this game. Mm-hmm. So, Stephen, what is your bold prediction for this week? Well, we've talked about when we gave our receiver grades, we talked about how there'd been no big plays mm-hmm. or a very limited amount of big plays. And specifically how Curtis Samuel has been not living up to the hype. Mm-hmm. He lives up to the hype this week mm-hmm. to the tune of 200 receiving yards. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's bold. I think this is, the, this is his coming out party this week. All I don't right. think they can put anybody on him that's going to stop him. I think he's going to have two long touchdowns, and he's going to have 10 receptions. It's going to be a massive week for him. I am going to go defense here on my bold prediction. I think we hold Gardabinshu to less than 150 passing yards. I think we also intercept him twice. I think our defense shuts him down and makes people wonder, are we that good or has Gardabinshu just had a bad game? Because right now that Minshew crazy mania is going wild. I think they're going to be shocked this week. That's bold. He's been he's looked very good. Now, I feel like you've made the same mistake I made when I said Kyler Murray under 150 and he went for like 169 or whatever it was. Do you sure you don't want to go 175? I can No, 150. Okay. Okay, that was a test. You passed. <laughs> and now it's time for the beer bed of the week. All right, the beer bed of the week. We're going to go with a Vegas beer bet of the week here. The over-under the over under for total points in this game is set at 41. I'm going to go under. I think we are going to hold Jacksonville to no touchdowns mm-hmm. and three field goals. And we're going to win this game 30-9. to nine. Ooh, 30 to 9. Well, I am going over. There's a little bit more scoring. Not too much, though. I have us winning 16 to 27. 27 16. All right, that would be 43 total points. So you've got us at 43. I've got us at 39. Somehow, with the Panthers still scoring 30. (laughs) (laughs) So we will revisit this. On our Sunday night, Monday morning recap episode. Yep. And if we win, that put us at three and two and really put us in a good spot for the battle of the NFC South. Battle of the NFC South. 
Speaking of the battle for the NFC South, we did not get to go over the Saints game on our Monday episode because we were recording it as the game was happening. Unfortunately, the Dallas Cowgirls couldn't win the one game I tried to have them win. They're so <sighs> disappointing. I know. They're always so disappointing. Yeah, you hate them, they win. You want them to win the one time, and they lose that one time. Yeah. Yeah, that was a 13 to 10. A yeah. Very low scoring game there. Well, uh, Saints, Saints did pull it out. Yep. Put them at the top of the NFC South at 3 and 1. Tampa Bay and the Panthers are at 2 and 2, while the lowly Falcons are 1 and 3 and look pretty much done at this point the way they've been playing. Yeah, Falcons uh, going up against the Houston Texans this week in mm-hmm. Houston. We, I mean, we're very familiar with this venue and this team as we just yeah. played them last week. And the Texans are favored by five points. I see it. I see them actually blowing them out. Uh, yeah, the Falcons are not a good team. Mm-mm. So, yeah, Texans probably going to win that game. And uh, Bucks and Saints play each other. Yeah. Just the uh, second division matchup uh, in the division. And the Saints are sure. three and a half favorites at home. I'm kind of surprised it's only that low of a spread. But at the same time, the Bucks have been playing well. The over-under in this game is 47. <laughs> I might go over that, considering how the too. Bucks looked last week. And I think this is not going to be a defensive battle. Although, the Saints have looked really good on defense, surprisingly. I mean, holding the Cowboys to 10 points last week was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is going to be a very interesting game for us to watch, considering we play the Bucks, you know, next week. Um, so if the Saints can shut them down... That would give me a lot more confidence going up against them next week. But if the Bucks put up another 40-point game, eh, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think we I think we root for the Bucks though. We definitely want the Saints to lose as many games as possible with Breeze out. I mean, is there a way for them just to uh, blow Make up? A- uh, not blow up Superdome. Ooh, just- Death Dark. <laughs> maybe not blow up the superdome let's not do that let's let's is there a way that both teams could get the flu and like you know just lose forfeit. like 20 pounds each both <laughs> take losses somehow yeah. <laughs> i don't think that's possible i'm not I sure that's think. happened in the history of the nfl but uh yeah i guess best case scenario would be the bucks win uh and their overconfidence goes into next week where we take them out yeah uh, that wraps up the NFC South. Uh, we're moving on to a Meow Mix mailbag. Woohoo! Meow Mix mailbag. Now I have not seen this Meow Mix mailbag. Yeah, yes. Say that three times fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one is specifically for you from Jason. Taylor Swift isn't playing the Super Bowl. How does that make you feel, Steven? Devastated. I really thought this was going to be the year. I am a Swifty. <laughs> uh, Taylor is second only to Joey Sly in my. I was going to say, man, people are going to be so crushes. confused by you with your love for Taylor Swift <laughs> and Joey Sly. This is a married man with a child. <laughs> married to a woman. <laughs> yeah, I, I should clarify that. No, I mean, uh, hey. I like Taylor Swift. It's she's got very popular music. It's catchy, and I don't care if people don't like me because of it. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I really thought that she was going to be able to play the Super Bowl this year. I don't know if it's like a sponsorship thing. I heard one time it was like a Coke versus Pepsi thing is the reason that she hadn't played it yet. That seems a little weird, but uh, maybe next year. I just have to keep hoping. I do like her new album, Lover. Go out and pick it up. <laughs> I mean, it's all about money. So, a Coke versus Pepsi, who's the actual like spokes soft drink? I could easily see that being a it's real quite, reason. It's quite possible that's what it is. <laughs> I can't really think of any other reason why not. I mean, all the other major, you know, singers have played the Super Bowl in recent years. So, ah, but it's disappointing. Yeah. As for me, I just don't care about the halftime show. I'll be drinking a beer, doing something else, throwing the football around. Well, I can tell you that if, if Taylor ever does play, then I'll be just, I mean, honestly, I'll, I'll record it and watch it over and over. 
Okay. <laughs> well, if you want your question or comment read on our show like Jason's, you can email us at meowmixmailbag at gmail.com or leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a comment, and we'll read that on the show as well. You can also follow us on Twitter at MeowMixPodcast. Thank you for listening, and please spread the word about our show. We'll be back on Monday. Keep pounding. <laughs>